welcome back to what do you want to watch the show hosted by myself nathan english and david dirks and it's episode 15 and this week we're going to be recapping the nba finals that ended last thursday we're going to be talking about all the topics that come out of that including steph's legacy are the celtics done for are the warriors the greatest team of all time all that and more coming up so stick around So the Warriors are your 2022 NBA champions. They won game six Thursday, 103 to 90, beating the Celtics four to two in the NBA finals. David, what was your instant reaction when the Warriors won? It kind of felt like it's been a while and when it really hasn't. Yeah, that's weird, right? I don't know if you felt the same way, but I think maybe a reason for that is like, have we seen a team finish with one of the worst records in the league and then one of the, again, struggle, you know, lose the play, lose the play on game. Right. Last year they lost, uh, in mm-hmm. that first, uh, playing game. And then yeah, this year, LeBron. this year uh, yeah. they win it. Like that's a big turnaround. And I know we, we yeah. the injuries did have a part to play in that, but oh, absolutely. It did just feel like they hadn't been there in so long, but then it was like, were we surprised? It, it, I don't know. It was kind of, I was stunned almost, I think. I don't think we've ever had a team in NBA history have such high highs to such low lows immediately. Because you think back to 2019, there that's when they were really plagued with the injuries. I mean, Durant had the Achilles injury, tore his Achilles, and then Clay in game five of the NBA Finals tore his ACL. Um, and they lost. So you're thinking, oh, they got a rough road ahead. But then Steph is like out for the season almost immediately into that season too. So he doesn't play hardly any games at all. So they were pretty much playing like their G League team, you know, for that entire 2020 season, which then of course was shortened by the pandemic. And then they came back and did the bubble thing. And then, yeah, you have this last year where, you know, it was just pretty much Curry. Draymond was playing off and on the year before this one. And they squeaked into the playing game off of Curry, I think finished top three in MVP voting last year. Cause he was just carrying the team. Mm. But yeah, I don't think we've ever seen a team have such a, such high highs. I mean, there were three years where they were easily the best team in the league and then to immediately drop all the way down to the bottom of the barrel and then come all the way back up again. is pretty amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, I don't know what changed for them. Because these last two games that they played, night and day different than the first four that they played. Uh, mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit th- about this last week, kind of how they didn't seem like the same team. And then the mm-hmm. game, uh, game five, they won. It was like, this looks like a different team. Well, that same team showed up. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of changed for them, right, in between game four and five. Um, but the, they played back-to-back, just exceptional games. Um, and here we are talking – you know, is this one of the greatest teams ever? Is Kerr the one of the greatest coaches ever? Is Stur- Curry one of the one of the best players ever? So here we are again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I I I don't know if it's. I think I think Draymond finally turned it around, um, and I think that Clay got into a little bit of a rhythm. But I really think it was Wiggins. Um, Wiggins was just 
insane those last two games. I mean, it was a joke that people were considering him for finals MVP if the Warriors won. It was always going to be Curry. Everybody knew that. But Wiggins really, really came out. And I also think it was just you could start to see in those last two games the disparity between the, the bench. I got some stats here that I'm just going to read off for you. Well, really just one stat, and it's about the Celtics. Game six, the Celtics had two bench points. Jeez. On one for nine shooting. Okay. So if you think about the guys that were impactful in that, especially in that game one and, and the game three in Boston, where they shined, you had Derek White, Grant Williams, and Peyton Pritchard, uh, three guys that the first three up off the bench for them. Um, Derek White had 33 points in the first two games, and it's 21 in game one. And he had 26 points in the last four games of the series, including 16 points in game four. So outside of game four, he had 10 points in the last four games of the series. Uh, Grant Williams was the only purpose he served was, I guess, trying to piss Draymond Green off. That's the only, that's the only way he was staying on the court and he couldn't, they couldn't play Derek White at all. And then Peyton Pritchard was an absolute no show hmm. the last two games. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's the biggest disparity. And then when you have that, okay, you need to lean on your stars. Well, Jason Tatum scored 13 points in a game six. When he absolutely couldn't do needed. that. And he did. No, yeah. They needed Jay, they needed Tatum to go for 30. They needed him to go for 30. And he scored 13 points. And he'd struggled all series. You know, he set the playoff record for most turnovers, averaged four turnovers a game. Um, when you look at his numbers, they, they look they like look a little better than you the eye test does. You know, he 20, 22 points a game seven assists, seven rebounds, but 36% from the field, four turnovers a game. He was shooting 46% from three. So maybe he should have leaned into that a little more, but it, they needed him to come up big and he, he did not. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Well, I think that's also the difference. Now he's, he's a young player. I think he's got a lot left yeah, what is in he? his tank. What? 25. So something yeah. like that. But I think that's kind of what separates like good players from great players. Like, yeah, he's he's in, he's talented, beautiful shot. He's putting up all these regular season uh, points and these stats. But like, literally, when his team and when the city needed him, he kind of laid an egg, you know. And it's like that's when like yeah. you know you have a great player in you. No, I mean he could still develop, but that's when you know oh, you have a great player in you when he's like, all right, I'm I'm gonna do this, you know. So yeah, and, and we, he we, yeah. Yeah. He's proved it before. I mean, they swept the Nets. Yeah. Uh, the people thought that the Nets were a shoe in to make the NBA finals, even when the Nets were tanking and not really caring about the regular season. It seemed like they were still going to be a shoe in. And Tatum went, you know, his head to head matchup was Kevin Durant, and they swept the Nets. And Tatum played amazing that series. And true. he played great throughout. I mean, he had stretches, he had games that weren't great, but he played consistently well throughout the playoffs, despite the turnover issue. And then he just quit being assertive in the finals. And I think, yes, you can blame Tatum for part of that, but you got to give credit to this Warriors defense. Mm -hmm. Wiggins was out of his mind every time he was guarding Tatum. And also that's why, that's why Gary Payton is so important to this team. You know, he can, he comes up off the bench and yeah, he may hit one, two threes a game, but he's going to lock down and can switch on to almost anybody, any guard. He could guard Brown. He could guard Tatum. He could guard smart. And playing like he was going to make everything tough for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he was going to make it tough for them. And that's why 
And I think that at the end, Draymond also came on. Um, not offensively. I mean, he did score more in the last two games. But defensively, Draymond was out of his mind. Dude, he was a dog. Know? He was just absolutely just in the pocket of every guy he was guarding. And they were, he was pissing him off, too. It, it was yeah. getting smart's and, head. He was getting in everybody's head. And this is the thing that makes Draymond Green so great that you're never going to see stat-wise is he just knows exactly where to be on every defensive possession. Hmm. Draymond knows exactly where to be in help. He knows the exact tendency that Tatum wants to do. He knows what Jalen Brown wants to do. He knows when to help off. He knows that if Jalen Brown takes more than two dribbles going to his right, that you don't need to put another body on him because he's going to falter. But he knows exactly when to help. He knows when to pick off passes. He knows how to get tips, deflections. And yeah, like you said, he knows how to get in the heads of people. And that's what makes him great. And I don't think he was doing that the first three games of the series, even the first four, but those last two. He flipped the switch. Yeah, Draymond was Draymond was back to old Draymond defensively. Now Mm -hmm. offensively, you know, we're never going to get back to peak 2016 Draymond (laughs) scoring 32 points in an NBA Finals game. That's just never going to happen. Hey man, I I don't know. He hit one three, and uh, I don't know what announcer said it, but Mike Mike Breen. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's feeling it. He's feeling it. And then who who was it like feeling it? That's the first three he's hit all series. Yeah, I think it was Mark Jackson. That's one funny. of the few good Mark Jackson takes uh, of the whole NBA Finals. Yeah. But yeah, well, and I something I really respect too was his post game on the stage when she was when uh, when he was getting interviewed, and you know he was asked like, "What do you think of you know when it in Boston with all the, you know they try to they don't purposely try to pick fights, but they kind of ask the questions that get him you know get talking." Yeah, and he he was like honest like. I've never been favored, and I've always had to work for what I have. He's like, I don't care what people say. I'm happy to be here, and I deserve it because I'm the hardest worker here. And, like, I believe yeah. it. I, I don't think we see what he does off court, the film and the studying to know what you were talking about, yeah. the tendencies, what they're going to do. And I think, you know, maybe his lack of skill is not affected him because he's just so smart, and he works harder than probably anybody else. He's just not obviously – flashing he's never been that way Mm -hmm. people have thought draymond green sucked since the best warriors teams you know five six years ago yeah people were still arguing that draymond green's not important draymond green's not good look at how ugly his jump shot is he can't really drive to the rim yeah he's a really good passer but who cares about the rest of the stuff you can't score people we overrate scoring Mm -hmm. anybody that watches basketball because that's the most tangible thing so you're always going to overrate scoring and that was never draymond's game but yeah he's just so he's so smart and he has been all-time petty, retweeting stuff, and at the parade yesterday, you know, him and Clay and even Curry, you know, they're just all, all-time all petty. I want to I wanna focus on the Celtics for these next couple of minutes. So, obviously, this is a really young team, you know, Robert Williams, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all young guys with older supporting cast. Obviously, Horford is... I think that was probably it for Al Horford in terms of that level of play. Mm-hmm. I don't see him returning to that again. Yeah. Um, what I think he's what the second or third oldest player in the league right now. So, it looks like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he kind of he I, has been balling I, though. I I think as the season wore on, you know, you could see Horford was was tired because people forget they needed they needed everything from everybody down the stretch because the Celtics were below 500 in January. Um, and completely turn their season around. But do you think this window is closed for the Celtics? Because that was kind of the opening in the East. There were injury problems, the whole weird Harden net situation, and then Philadelphia still hasn't figured out their stuff, and Ben Simmons, and 
the Heat don't really have another guy besides Jimmy Butler. So it kind of seemed like this was the Celtics' time, and they didn't get it this year. Do you think that time has passed, or do you see them coming back next year? I think it's possible because they got a lot of young ta- talent and a, a lot of fire, and they have something that a lot of the other young teams in the East don't have, and that's like a taste of the finals, but the sour the sourness of it. I will say mm-hmm. that, you know, like Royals lo- losing in 2014. Yeah, they were upset, but you could tell that at the end of that and the whole next season they were pissed off. Like mm-hmm. you could tell there was something different. Man, that game mm-hmm. six, they looked just completely defeated, like mm-hmm. like bad. You could just tell from, you know, honestly, like halftime on, they were, it was like, here we go again. And honestly, mm-hmm. when they were walking off that court after that, like they looked like pretty miserable, like defeated. So that part, like seeing that, may, you know, they may come back upset and on fire. But I don't know. It just looked a little different. Like, yeah, I – I think they got they have a good core obviously and the helpful thing is you know you got tatum brown and i think their most important player of this series and the stats show this was robert williams robert williams had a plus minus of plus 30 during the Jeez. series he had five blocks in game six and i know as a warriors fan every time we drove at him i was like oh this ain't going in mm. you know because he just he's one of those guys he can block he's got such an innate sense of where the ball is going to be that he can block shots but he's also altering everything and he's scaring people away from the paint you know and if you're not hitting jump shots you can't drive on robert williams but he's not ever healthy so they got to get him healthy but they got a good young core they got to do something about this bench though you can't win an nba finals with your bench scoring two points in a game you know Mm -hmm. Derek white grant williams peyton pritchard got to step up or step out and i think that's where we're going to see brad stevens make some moves in the offseason to try to bolster their roster because uh, two two points. Yeah. Two points in an That's NBA bad. Finals game. One for nine shooting. You are not going to beat the Golden State Warriors. Jordan Poole scores two points in five seconds on the court. All right? You're not – you got to have some more production out of your bench. NBA is different, though. You talked about, you talked about MLB, which is kind of the same way. It's not like football. I feel like in football, once you lose the Super Bowl, it's hard to get back. Like, it's much harder. You feel like there's that hangover and that you never make it back because it's so much more physically demanding. Mm -hmm. But in basketball, we see a lot of repeats. Uh, I feel like make the finals. So, And the one that hasn't is the Bulls, but the Bulls never add anything from that bubble season. But I think it's possible, you know, that we see these teams back again. But – Every year, they're going to have to go through, as of right now, they're going to have to go through Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. So it ain't getting easier out there, especially because Giannis is going to play for another 10 years. Do you think that they, the Celtics had already just accepted defeat mentally at halftime? Because remember, I mentioned a half, and you didn't respond because I know you as an actual fan. You're like, I'm not messing with this jinx. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't jinxing it. But I was like, legitimately, this game's over. The, the Celtics look completely deflated. Warriors... Have look look as confident as ever. Do you think without them realizing it, like they're like, it's the old Warriors. We just, we've done everything we can, and it's still not. We're we're still losing. Like, you think that has a an impact on them? I mean, I think that was the energy in the building, too. Like, I don't know if even the players felt that, but I think the fans felt it hmm. for sure. That Boston crowd was loud in that first quarter, and you know there was a they went on a run right to begin. They punched the Warriors in the mouth at the beginning of that game, and I was worried. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried that, you know, the Warriors were going to do the thing that they did against Memphis and let's pack it in. Let's go back home. Let's mm-hmm. play this other game. We'll be fine. But 
I don't want to do this. We're not going to win this game away, mm-hmm. but they didn't do that. And I think when they responded and they came back, they had a run. Clay was hitting some shots. Curry was hitting some shots. Jordan Poole was hitting some shots. You know, I think that's, that's the underrated thing about the Warriors is it's just so deflating. You know, it's so deflating to watch Steph Curry, even when he's not hitting threes to do some insane layup, or it's so deflating to have Clay Thompson come off a screen at a full sprint and catch and shoot three. Mm. You know, that's so deflating for the other team, and it just makes you feel like you're down 100. So I think, yeah, I think they were kind of out of it. They made a run in the third, but then then Steph decided that he was just going to take over. And, of course, he hits that really deep three and does the thing where he's pointing to his ring finger, Mm -hmm. which is going to be an NBA profile picture on everybody's cell phone for the next five years. And, yeah, it was it. Yeah, I'm just going through through the play-by-play, and it's just insane. Like, they go on a 14-2 run to start the game. And before, yeah. before you know it, Clay hits a three-pointer. It's 10-16 within a minute. And Jason Tatum turnover. Like, it's just like, it's crazy. Like, oh, bet, 14-2. Mm-hmm. to two. Okay, deep breath. Wait, we're up, yeah. we're, we're up two right now. What's going on? It, and the Warriors are a team that they feed so much off of rhythm and energy that once they get that, this is another thing. Once they get a steal and get a bucket in transition, it feels like they're getting steals every other possession. You know, it feels like they were forcing so many turnovers. And Jalen Brown still can't dribble best player in NBA history to not be able to best wing in NBA history to not be able to dribble. Mm. I don't know how he's made it this far, but every time he put the ball on the floor, I was like, get that. That's a, that's an easy pick. And, you know, Curry was getting steals. <laughs> Draymond was getting steals. Clay was back to old clay on defense. Yeah. So well, it was just too much. And looking at this into the first, honestly, the thing, I think the person that changed the tide was a guy we've already been talking about. Draymond Green, with 120 left in the first, hit a three, his first three of the finals, to make it 21-22. The Warriors would then go on to hit seven shots in a row, including a Steph Curry three, then right after that, a Jordan Poole three, and then right after that, in the second, a Klay Thompson three. It's just like, no, sorry, another it, Jordan Poole three. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, And now they're up it, eight points. It's the barrage. Yeah, it's exactly what you just said. It's the barrage of... You know, yeah, and Draymond, they, they see Draymond hit a three who hadn't hit one all series, <laughs> and really. like, oh, man. And they're like, <laughs> okay, that sucks, but whatever. But as soon as Curry hits one, nah, crap. Pool, nah, crap. Because Pool is a microwave. You get Pool one open shot, he thinks he's Kobe Bryant. He's going to take the next 11. Mm. But sometimes he's just hitting them. Yeah. And, yeah, that's... They were just, I think at that point, yeah, you could see that they were realizing if Draymond's hitting threes and we got Curry and Poole back-to-back possessions hitting threes, it's going to be a long night. And it was. All right, let's transition. Let's talk about the champions more. Specifically, let's talk about my boy, my favorite NBA basketball player of all time, Steph Curry. Come on. Curry obviously picks up his first finals MVP he had 34 points, seven assists, and seven rebounds in game six. He was six for 11 from three. Average 31 points, six assists, five rebounds per game. In this finals, shot 48% from the field and 43% from three, including the game he went 0 for 9. And outside of that game, he had double-digit attempts. Nah, he in got every carried. single other game. So, yeah, of course. 31 threes in the series, second most all-time behind only – himself in the 2016 NBA finals 
he has five of the top seven most made threes in an NBA final series with Danny Green and Clay Thompson having the other two. Um, so, you know, only one non-warrior in the top seven most made threes in an NBA finals. Danny Green. Um, he's the record holder for threes in an NBA finals. Obviously, that game time performance, 43 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. All this is now brought on the Steph legacy talk he kind of got that last thing that he didn't really need to prove but he got that finals mvp now he's got all the trophies he's got four rings two mvps an nba finals mvp where is he all time i think he has to be top 10 yeah i i think it might take more um meditation to find out how where he is in that on that number but <sighs> mm-hmm like, he quite – I mean, I tweeted this right afterwards. Like, we we have to start talking about, like, is he top ten all time? Like, because whether mm-hmm. people like him or not, he's l- quite literally changing the game of basketball. So just yeah. despite the stats and the championships, his play alone is literally changing uh, the game of basketball. And I, I heard something on uh, First Things First. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Biles, Nick Wright, there's a couple – um, a couple mm. other guys, and one of the guys, which I, his name is is blanking from me now, he made a good point. Like there were a lot of legends in the Jordan era, a lot of good players, and Jordan still won the rings. Jordan won, mm-hmm. Jordan won, Jordan won. Now we're in the LeBron era, and Curry's managed to win four championships mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. LeBron era. Like. There's a lot of guys that couldn't do that when Jordan was playing. There's a lot of guys that haven't done that while LeBron's playing, but Curry still managed to win four championships despite it being LeBron James era. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he was you could easily the best player on the court in two of those finals for the Warriors and one of the two best players on the team for the other two. And obviously got Kevin Durant was better at that time, but I think you have to give Curry the nod over Kevin Durant all time now. You know, Kevin is not one without Curry. Curry has won twice without Kevin. And Curry's less injury prone. He's more consistent in the playoffs. And KD got swept. So I think you have to put him there. I would say he's probably right at 10 for me. Um, I would put him at second best point guard of all time behind only Magic Johnson. Mm -hmm. I think he's kind of cemented that. Anybody wanting to argue with me that Chris Paul is better than Steph Curry, you can just see yourself out. Um, also anybody wanting to argue with me that, you know, I've been saying this and I was a homer for Steph Curry, obviously for many years, but I remember when there was an argument and a lot of people thought Russell Westbrook was better than Steph Curry. A lot of people thought that James Harden was better than Steph Curry. And I would just like to say that James Harden isn't actually that good. Consistency matters and consistency in the playoffs matters. And that's two things that those guys will never have. James Mm -hmm. Harden will never make a top 10 list all time, no matter how many points, how many threes, how many, anything he does, because he quit on teams and he can't play in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. There is not a single James Harden playoff performance that you can think of. His best playoffs was when he was the sixth man and Russell Westbrook is the same way. You know, he's a great NBA season, regular season player, but he's not all time, you know, and that's, that's how Steph separates himself. Mm He, he, puts together great performances in the playoffs. So I don't think he's better than Magic. I saw some people saying, is he the greatest player of all time? No. No. Guys, he's not touching Jordan. He's not touching LeBron. Like, he's just, he's not going to ever reach that. But He does have as many championships as LeBron, though. That is true. 
in less tries. But for a six foot three point guard, you know, I, I don't know. The, he is the best. I, and I saw this argument a lot, and it's kind of enlightening when you think about it. He is the best player all time under six foot six. If you look at the top 10 list, you know, Jordan is six six, LeBron is six eight, Duncan, six eleven, I believe. Kareem seven one, yeah, Magic obviously. six seven, Bird six seven six eight, Shaq, you know, Shaq seven two, like all these guys that you would have, Kobe six six, all these guys that you would have ahead of him, all bigger than him, and that's just the way Curry had to change the game because, you know, he wasn't ever gonna go up and dunk over anybody, he he wasn't gonna do that. He had to find his own way, and yes, it's the shooting. Obviously, his best attribute is the shooting, but it's the movement with the shooting. Mm-hmm. It's the conditioning. It's the fact that Curry runs around the court the entire time he's on offense and is still not tired. It's not like at the end of the game, other players, when they can't, they don't have legs. Like Jason Tatum didn't have legs and couldn't shoot at the end of the game. Curry has legs. He never falters at the end of games because he's tired. He arguably moves better without the ball than he does with it. Yes. And he's got one of the best handles of all time. So that is saying a lot to say that he cuts better and moves better without the ball. So, and a lot of people want to argue that he ruined basketball and it's not his fault. It's not his fault that everybody tries to emulate what he does, but they don't have the skill to do it. It's true. I mean, he's got one of the quickest releases in history, one of the most accurate shots and one of the most difficult shot makers ever. All of that combined with four rings, two MVPs, one of which was unanimous, first ever unanimous, a finals MVP, three point record holder. NBA Finals three-point record holder, playoff three-point record holder, like all of these things. Yeah. It's got to be Steph. He's got to be top ten. Yeah, uh, I would agree. And I something to go along with that, like you you kind of mentioned this already with like the best. He's the best under six six. Like yeah, every guy that's ever impacted the game of basketball has been a big in some capacity. And now for the first time in the history of the NBA, we have a small guy that's quite literally changing the game, and that's it's just something mm-hmm. we've not seen. And we didn't mm-hmm. think it was possible. I really don't think. And so we mm-hmm. started witnessing Steph Curry. And I don't even know. I mean, LeBron changed basketball off the court. I mean, you could say that with the way that he did the decision with Miami. He kind of opened it up for players to do the player empowerment thing, consider themselves, and move around more, build super teams, things like that. LeBron, I don't know if he changed the game on the court just for the simple fact that he just took everything that everybody else in the past did and just did it better. You know, LeBron is just a better ver- is just a better version of Magic Johnson. That's not to say that he's not good. He's the second best player of all time, in my opinion. But I don't know that he changed the way people play basketball because LeBron's physical gifts just you can't you can't try to emulate LeBron. Mm-hmm. So, and I think Jordan is the same way. I mean, the the you know turnaround jumper, mid range shot, but that was stuff people were doing before him. They just weren't doing it to his level, but. You're right. Everybody that revolutionizes the game normally is this big guy that changes the way offense is played. Bill and now Russell. It's a, now it's a six foot three guy from North Carolina who went to a mid-major Division One program and was p- passed over twice by the Minnesota Timberwolves who drafted two point guards ahead of him in the NBA draft. Do you remember their names? Uh, uh, yes, Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Yikes. Oh, Rubio was a high solid NBA player Johnny yeah. Flynn nobody's ever heard of no I hadn't heard of the second one for sure yeah, I, I actually Steph, already forgot his name <laughs> <laughs> right uh, but Steph I mean yeah it's just insane what he's done um, I want to ask you next, this 
Okay, oh, go ahead. You may be no. asking this. Is this sustainable? Are are we seeing this again? Are we seeing the Warriors? That's exactly what I was going to get to next. Like, this successful again. I saw that Poole and Wiggins, I think, were like, essentially, I don't care what money you offer me. We want to come back to the Warriors, which mm-hmm. help, which really helps. It's a likable team. Is mm-hmm. is this? Can this be replicated? Um. Yes, I think it can. Uh, for the sole fact that I'm looking around, the West is is not wide open, but you know a lot of other teams would have to make moves to compete. Uh, the Suns were the consensus best team in the West this year, and obviously got knocked out of the playoffs. But you know, Chris Paul is not getting any younger for that team either, and he was kind of the reason they lost in the playoffs. Luca doesn't have help. I don't think Jaws' team has enough experience in shooting right now. So I think the West is kind of wide open, depending on what the Lakers do. There's rumors that Kyrie is holding out for the Nets to try to get a trade to the Lakers to reunite with LeBron, which also I remember when there was a conversation about Kyrie Irving being better than Steph Curry, and those people better go back and delete their tweets. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think they can sustain it. The only question that I would have is, what's Draymond going to look like next year? Um, Because... You know, Draymond came on in those last two games of the finals, but he is so important to this team. And he is a person who has had a lot of miles put on his body. Um, and I don't know if he can sustain it. I don't know if they have to do a thing where they rest him a majority of the, the season or whatever. And they're going to have to pay people. You know, Peyton and Looney are both up, and they're both going to need to get paid if they want to stay here. And they're going to get paid by someone. Um, so I think that. Yes, I think they can do it, but I, I if they don't, I won't be disappointed. You know, if they don't make it back next year, I won't say like, ah, they're wasting their window. Because I think like this was kind of, I didn't even know if this window was going to be open for us. Like mm-hmm. I believed we could make it, you know, when the playoffs started. But to win another title when Curry is 34 years old, Clay hasn't played basketball in two years and Draymond hasn't played consistently since the last time they were in the NBA finals. It's pretty crazy. Hmm. So, but they do, they also have young guys, you know, Kaminga, Moody, uh, and Wiseman who could all step up into big roles and could fill the slots they need them to fill. And if that happens, you know, then they can push this because Curry is going to play another five years, you know, and he'll be at peak for another one to two. Not peak, but late peak, kind of like he is now. And he'll play, he may play more than five years. You know, where I have no idea how long LeBron's going to play, but I'd say Curry can play at least to that age as well. Yeah. Uh, Just with the way that he takes care of his body. So, well, yeah. And I feel like it's like a sustainable way that he, he plays. Like, he's not getting beat up down low. Like, he can avoid contact. He can um, mm-hmm. just pull off a screen and, and, quick release with the three like that's that's not a taxing job like on his body now it's still Mm -hmm. obviously it's still a workout he's running so much but um Mm -hmm. yeah I think yeah I think they can be back I I I hadn't thought about Draymond and how they would replace that or how he would uh come back but I think they just have such a young team they have so many young guys that you know it might kind of a poor like comparison but maybe not like you know, if, if Draymond retires, it might be like the Chiefs losing Tyreek. Like, they're still going to be good, but they got to completely kind of change how they run that mm-hmm. offense. And mm-hmm. th- they just may need to do that. You know, they may need to change about what they run, how they run it, and who they rely on, you know. So. Yeah, and I think 
well, there's been some conversations about, you know, if you think Tremont's going downhill, you can trade that. Or you Clay, you don't think they're going to be good, you can trade that. I can tell you with absolute certainty right now that I don't think the Warriors will ever trade Curry, Clay, or Draymond. Not after what they mean to each other in the franchise. And Kerr won't let them. I don't think Kerr would let them get rid of Yeah, Kerr benched Draymond, but I don't think he would let them get rid of Draymond. Yeah. Draymond's either going to – He's either going to retire or he's going to keep playing as a Golden State Warrior. And I think that's the same for Clay, and I think that's the same for Curry for the rest of their careers. So it's just when does Draymond, when does Clay, when do the Curry, when do they recognize they need to take a back seat? And for Curry and Clay, I think it's three or four years down the line. For Draymond, it may be one to two. You know, Draymond may be pushed into an Iguodala role. I think he's too stubborn to retire before Clay and Curry do. I think he's too yeah, stubborn. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, again, he could be he could be Andre Iguodala. You know, he plays every other game, but he's mostly just a coach. Because that Draymond is a floor leader, so having him as a coach on the sideline, even if he's not playing, would be big. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's an I think unsung person that I want to talk about a little bit, and that's Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to ask, you know. It's hard to rank coaches, obviously, because coaches are always – every great coach needs great players. There's not a single great coach in the history of any sport that has not had a great player to win a title. Where do you think Steve Kerr ranks right now as a coach? Do you think he should be considered one of the greatest coaches of all time? He's got four rings with the Warriors, and four in eight years, won a ring in his first ever year of coaching – has made six NBA finals, you know, and has kept a young core together all the way throughout the rest of their careers. Where do you think he ranks? He has to be up there, right? Like, and, and I'm struggling a little bit more with this category more than like Curry. Like, I don't know as many coaches. I haven't paid as much attention, but he, it's hard to think of coaches. Yeah. What, yeah. I mean, he's top five at least, right? I mean, I think you have to have to have obviously Phil Jackson's got to be ahead mm-hmm. of him. Obviously Phil yeah. Jackson. I think Red Auerbach has to be ahead of him, too. He was the coach that would – a lot of those early Celtics teams, he's one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. Popovich as well, you know. But if you're, th- if you're looking at continued success, um, you know, I think, I think Kerr is up there with, with some of the other greats. You know, he's at least should be mentioned in a conversation with Phil Jackson and Pat Riley and Greg Popovich and Red Auerbach. Because this kind of sustained success when the league is the most talented it's ever been. That's mm-hmm. clear. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the most talent there's ever been in the league at one time. Maybe not most superstars, but definitely from the worst guy in the league up is better than the worst guy in the league has ever been. Well, and this this team stuck together. While there's super teams and people moving and taking big deals, like Curris, it's, it's a likable team. He's a likable guy, and he's kept this core team together. For, for eight years now, and it's I think that's impressive to note as well. That may not be, you know, oh, that's not on the stat book for the greatest coaches, but it's one of those things that like kind of be can be considered, you know. And it's clear that his system matters. You know, these players were all on the team before Kerr got there, and Mark Jackson wasn't doing this. Hmm. Yes, Curry emerged, but, you know, you have to give a coach some credit for that. And then the ability to plug and play guys into the system. The ability to develop a Kavon Looney, the ability to make Andrew Wiggins a cast-off, former number one overall pick that nobody really thought would amount to anything near what he should, to make him into a consistent perimeter defender and shot creator 
you know, the ability to develop Jordan Poole, even when they're losing all those games, you know, the system, it's about sustained success. And I think that's why he's a lot like Greg Popovich. Mm. When you look like he's got the one guy that he's going to build around his Tim Duncan is Steph Curry and he's building everything from there. And here we are four rings. And I think he, I don't think he's done. I think there's, there's still some more. I really do. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, if you think about coaches in the NBA right now, let's, let's assume all coaches are free agents. So you just get, a, and it's like a draft pick. Steve Kerr is number one overall. Yeah. You're taking him first. And there's not even a debate. Yeah. About. Yeah. About who else would you take? Uh, I don't. I mean, Ime Yudoki is a good coach. I think that there's there's a lot of solid Monty Williams. Tyron Lue still coaching. <laughs> there's a lot of good coaches. There's a lot of good coaches in this league, but I, I there's not even a question of who the best one is. Yeah. So, I, I yeah I think that he should get more credit. Um, and yeah, people are gonna discredit it because he had super teams and because he had, you know, Kevin Durant and for three years to win three titles or two titles and stuff like that. But you know, I don't, what, Phil Jackson needed Michael Jordan, Greg Popovich needed Tim Duncan, and at one point Tim Duncan and David Robinson. You know, yeah, you're not, you're just not going to win. Pat Riley need a Magic Johnson. Like you're just not going to win now, without you need, a great coach. You need talent, and you need, also need a coach. You need both, and you know. Yeah. So you need both, and and you get that. The only, I think, the only player that's had sustained success in NBA history without a great coach is LeBron James. Yeah. Because he's been the coach. Spolstra. <laughs> Spolstra is a fantastic coach. That's he'd probably be number two. You probably pick him second. Spolstra is a great coach, but those Cav coaches didn't matter. No, he you know? he was coaching the team. <laughs> He was making LeBron, this. Yeah, this. LeBron. LeBron is the one who can win without a great coach. Um, he's the one that's proven that. But everybody else has has had one. You know, and that's Steve Kerr is one of them. So, all right, we should probably wrap this up. Um, we're going about forty minutes here. Uh, I guess we forgot to mention, but we're doing a little different thing. We're going to start doing two episodes a week, thirty to forty-five minutes instead of one just long one. So we can kind of make the topics make more sense and give you two short ones throughout the week instead of one just giant one. So the last the last question, last thing I want to ask you. <laughs> we already talked about it. It's not even on here. Is Draymond Green a Hall of Famer? He has to be. I think he is. Why? Why? Why does he have to be a Hall of Famer? Well, okay. Let's throw out the throw the easy stuff in there first. The four championships, right? Winning right. winning the trophies really really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just the way he's impacted. Now, of course, does the Hall of Fame committee take this into account? I don't know. But the way he's just impacted these Warrior teams and the way he's legitimately just elevated um, elevated these teams, and I don't know, dude. It's just it's hard to. It's hard. It's one of those. It's not a stat thing. Exactly. You know, Draymond is not always about the stats, but he is, you know, he's defensive player of the year candidate nearly every year, which helps. As and he well. won it in 17. Um, yeah. And he's already won the award. You're right. And, you know, he's a part of four finals teams. That's obvious. But I think the way that he impacted the game, anybody on the Warriors will tell you that they don't win those championships without Draymond, even in the peak 
Kevin Durant, this team is unstoppable years. They don't win those championships without Draymond. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the NBA Hall of Fame is a little easier. Basketball Hall of Fame is a little easier to get into than the other ones. And we talked about it last week, but I think that, yeah, this cements it. As much as it cements it for, I think Curry and Clay are shoe wins right now. You know, Curry obviously is first ballot. I think Clay will probably be first ballot as well because Clay is what, the third, fourth best shooter in league history? Mm hmm. You don't you know, think Draymond's? He, you think Draymond's first ballot? Or you think he's second? I think Draymond's probably first ballot now. Yeah. You know, I think he's got this other title under his belt, and I think you look at his success, and I hope the people that look at it know the way that you know players impact the game, yeah. and the way that Draymond impacts the game is unquestioned. So. Yeah. Four-time NBA champ, four-time NBA All-Star, four-time NBA All-Defensive First Team, Defensive Player of the Year in 2017. Yeah, he's. I think he's done what is required. But he's the most successful defense first guy since Dennis Rodman. Hmm. Is know. he better than Dennis or is Dennis still the top dog? I think I I think that while Dennis is maybe a little bit more of a ferocious defender and rebounder, Draymond Green is a better overall basketball player cuz he's a much smarter basketball player. Dennis Rodman is one of the smartest rebounders in league history. He's fantastic at reading. He was fantastic at reading where the ball came off the rim. I mean, he talked about it in the last dance, but I think that you couple Draymond's ability to know where he needs to be, not just on, on the ball defense, but his help defense is so great. And then also his ability to run an offense and kind of be the coach on the court for the team. I think that puts him ahead of Dennis Rodman. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been an awesome talk. Uh, this has been about the NBA Finals. Uh, gone so quick, it seems like. It took forever, and now we're looking back like, wow, that was quick. But uh, Yeah, now we have no cool sports until no. football season starts again. Nope, nothing to talk about. So I guess we'll watch more movies. Speaking of movies. Nah, and, nah, ain't well, watching baseball. Speaking of movies and TV, that'll actually be our next episode. Uh, so We're talking about Stranger Things. We're talking about season four. got to keep them um, interested. Should be a semi-non-spoilery conversation. Um, probably best if you've watched season four, but if you haven't, I don't think we'll ruin it for you. So, tune into that.